Amen and good morning. Welcome to River City Baptist Church. What an exciting day. And there's a lot of stuff coming up. Wow. Uh, we're opening up a brand new campus over in Mayport two weeks from today. How many are excited about that? Is that great or what? Tremendous. And some great things have been happening. I just uh, uh, got word just last week that the single largest project cost which was around $25,000, was completely donated uh, to the church. Is my microphone working? Okay, I was just making sure. Um, isn't that great? It's a blessing. And so the children's building was completely repiped and plumbed so that now they can serve uh, our children and nursery over there. Pastor Aaron is super excited. Uh, you can get signed up for the weekend, particularly the Saturday before where we're having a community block party. Scores of people from the community are already signed up to come. And we'd love for you to be there so that you can serve and help our new church plant and that is a blessing, and I hope to have you a part of that. So get on that Church Center app uh, and, uh, and sign up if you don't know about the Church Center app yet. Brad is going to meet you at the Next Step Center after church because Brad is the Church Center man. Give it up for Brad over there. He is the church. Oh, 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 my bad. It's actually Glennis. Okay, it's actually Glennis. They'll both be back there, so that'll, that'll, be, that'll be awesome. And, uh, and don't forget also, we haven't said, a, I, I, I didn't put it in the video, but on, starting on Wednesday night, this week, we have an awesome pastor's conference that starts on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And you're all invited. We want you to come because you're going to hear some of the greatest preaching you have ever heard in your life, uh, particularly on Thursday and Friday night. You'll have to put up with me on Wednesday night. But on Thursday and Friday night, uh, we've got uh, Pastor H.B. Charles Jr., Pastor Kurt Skelly, a lot of things going on. If you want to participate in the meals, we do want you to register. But if you just want to come to the services at 7 o'clock, uh, please uh, go ahead and join us. You won't want to miss it. It's for pastors, but it's for all of us. And it's a special time together, something we do for uh, pastors uh, annually. And, and I'm, I'm super excited about that. Well, before we move into the Lord's Supper, I want to invite uh, some new members uh, of our church to come. If you are joining today, would you just step up and come up to the front here today? And, uh, and, and I'll, I'll welcome you and introduce your families uh, I want to introduce over here on my right, this is Levi and Cassie Ralston, and Alana is here. They just came into town, and uh, Levi is actually going to be a pastoral intern this year in 2023 at River City, and we're looking to uh, do Mayport again sometime in the near future. And so we're praying right now that God will open up a door, another church, another opportunity for us to do that. I taught Levi in college out in California, and so we're super excited about him uh, being here with his wife, Cass. They're going to do an absolutely fantastic job, and they're coming to join the church today. They've been saved. They've been baptized. I think, no, I'm just kidding. They've been saved. They've been baptized. They've been through our new members class, and today they're wanting to join. This is Jody Frazier, and I'm excited to have Jody here. Jody is a blessing. Jody's involved already uh, with uh, our basketball ministry and Asante and uh, it was there yesterday. We had about, what, about 50, Jody, maybe more, 50 kids here. Um, and Asante's out right now getting that baptistry ready because we have a baptism today from the basketball ministry. So this is just exciting stuff. And Jody has jumped in uh, and uh, got involved, and he wanted to be a part of River City Baptist Church. So he's been saved and baptized and has been through our new member class. I need a motion to receive him in membership. Made, seconded. All in favor say amen. amen. Welcome. Let's congratulate and welcome to the family. Thank you guys. You can be seated. Appreciate that so, so very much. Today we're going to experience two, the two ordinances of the church. We're going to see a baptism in a moment. We're today going to participate in the Lord's Supper. For years, 
I was a part of churches that did the Lord's Supper on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights. I think the reason was because sometimes on Sunday mornings there's more visitors and so on and so forth at church, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. But my concern about that is there's a lot of people that go through their whole lives and never observe the Lord's Supper. This morning, we have the joy of approaching God through one of two ordinances that he has given to the church, the Lord's Supper. It is a very simple and symbolic meal that we join together to remember what Jesus Christ did for us when he died for us on the cross. The Lord's Supper is deeply rooted in Scripture. You go all the way back to the Old Testament and the Passover where God delivered Egypt, or excuse me, delivered the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage by the tenth and final plague that he brought upon uh, Israel. And that was called the Passover. The death angel was going to take the life of every firstborn child unless the blood of a lamb was applied to the door of your house. And the Bible says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where the phrase Passover came from. In fact, uh, the Passover became a memorial much like the New Testament Lord's Supper is. And the inaugural Lord's Supper, which took place in Matthew chapter 26, took place during the Passover. And did you know that Jesus Christ himself gave his life on that Passover weekend because he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. An amazing picture. And the Israelites to this day celebrate and commemorate uh, the Passover. Today we celebrate and commemorate Jesus Christ giving his life on the cross and shedding his blood for our sins. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians 11. I want to share some thoughts with you before we actually observe the ordinance. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 11 as is traditionally done when we take the Lord's Supper, beginning in verse number 24 of chapter 11. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. Now before we celebrate this ordinance, I'm going to take the liberty to read the next few verses. And the Lord's Supper has many purposes. The first of which I want to share with you right now, and that is the examination of our own lives. And the confession of our sins or the profession of faith in Christ that needs to take place. And I want you to listen and follow along as I read this. He's just given us instructions and now he says in verse 27, listen to this. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. 
Just let that sink in. There's a way to do this in an unworthy manner. This is not, guys, just bread and juice. This is us participating in a memorial of Jesus and us giving a testimony to the fact that we believe this and we follow this. So how do we avoid this unworthy participation? It says, verse 28, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned by, with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Very simply, you can tell from the reading of the text that this is a serious thing. And the warning here is really twofold, and I want to share that with you right now. First of all, who is supposed to take the Lord's Supper? In just a minute, the leaders of our church are going to pass to you some bread, and then they're going to pass to you some juice. And that plate's going to pass right by your seat. And, and the question is, who should eat this? Who should drink this? And there's really... One simple answer, and that is those of us who have followed Jesus Christ as his disciples and we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. If you are not a Christian, if you're a fake Christian, if you're not one at all, if you're here but it's not genuine, you don't have a genuine relationship with God, then you should let this pass. If you're here and you, 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 you are a follower of Christ, but maybe your life right now is, is not genuine, meaning maybe I'm coming here on Sunday, but the fact is my, the relationship with God is not real. There are things in my life right now that are dishonoring to him. They are not reflective of what it actually means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Then I am going to encourage you to first do an examination of your heart. Second, do a confession to the Lord because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what we're going to do first today, before we even come to the Lord's Supper, and I think this is fitting because there's so many things coming in our church. There's a, a, a pastor's conference. There's a two church plants. It's two months. And I want our church to be focused on Christ and, and, and freed up from the entanglements and things that are ensnaring us and entrapping us and keeping us back from God's best in our lives. And so I'm going to ask Bree for just a moment right now just to play uh, some music on the piano. And as she plays, I'm just going to invite you, maybe there with your family, certainly you can come to the altar. I just want you to take a minute. The Bible says, let a man examine himself. You could pray Psalm 139, search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. If you're not a Christian, well, you could come. I'll help you right now. If you need to accept Jesus as your Savior, let us help you right now. So right now, I want to invite you with your family, your friends, by yourself, at the altar, in your seats, to just take a moment and ask God to cleanse you and prepare you to take the Lord's Supper.
Heavenly Father, today we come to you confessing our faith in Jesus Christ, believing that you are good and faithful. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be clean, our hands will be pure. God, there will be nothing between us and you. Lord, we are confessing that we fall short of your glory. We are confessing those sins of omission and commission, those sins of word and deed that dishonor you, the things in our homes, the things in our lives, at our work that would not be representative of you. God, cleanse us in a fresh way. May we know you. And may this be a somber moment where we remember Christ and all that he's done. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'd like our men to come if you would. The body of Jesus is resembled in the bread that you are going to receive. And the blood of Jesus is resembled in the juice that you'll receive to follow. You are not literally taking the body and the blood of Jesus into your life right now. It's a memorial. We're doing this in remembrance of him. This does not save you. It does not necessarily make you closer to God. It's just a moment for you to reflect, make sure your heart is where God wants it to be. And so first, uh, we're going to observe the bread. And I'm going to read a passage Uh, in just a moment. How we do this is we will be passing the bread to you. We're asking you to wait until everybody partakes together on my signal in just a moment. During uh, the song that Brianna will be playing, uh, you also see some scripture up on the screen. Our heart is that you would take time to read and meditate and think on that scripture. And take some time to pray. and Thank God for what he's done for you. The Bible says in verse number 24, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me.
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Shall we eat together? Cliff, will you return thanks for the body, please, sir? Amen. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Brother Andy, will you return thanks for the blood, sir? Be seated, men. Thank you so much. I'd like you to take your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Hallelujah for Jesus. Amen. When the disciples saw what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration, one spoke up and said, It is good for us to be here, Lord. That's how I feel about church. It is good for us to be here. Today, I'm going to briefly introduce. The fifth core value of the disciples of River City Baptist Church. We've looked at active service. We've looked at intentional evangelism. We've looked at uh, Christ-centered community. Today we're going to look at the fifth and final uh, core value. And it is radical generosity. Now, next week, you're going to hear a full sermon on this. I wanted to tie this together for obvious reasons. And the Lord's Supper is so fitting for us to think about, when we think about giving, because giving is essentially what Christ most fundamentally did for you and I. It is a gift that gave us salvation. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, how many of you are glad for that gift? The greatest gift ever given. And at the end of Paul's arguments in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 about giving, he's challenged the churches about giving, about sacrifice, about uh, commitment, about needs. What it should look like for other church for churches to participate specifically in great commission giving and work. His final crescendo, the final say so, the final word is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. This is the final argument. You ready? Here it is. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. When it's all said and done about giving, and folks, look, I could stand here all day and I could, I could compel you scripturally what it means to give, what does it mean to participate, what does it mean to financially contribute to God and his work. There are, there are 10,000 reasons, but only one that really matters. And that is, we give because he first gave to us. Christians give 
Because Christians have been given two. Christians sacrifice because Jesus sacrificed. And what does it birth in us? I'll tell you what it births in us. If you're genuinely born again by the spirit of the living God. I'm not talking about you go to church. I'm not talking about you're trying to be a good person. I'm talking about you have been born again from above. The Holy Spirit of God has transformed you. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you. And you are a child of the living God. I guarantee you automatically one thing that is birthed inside of you is a desire or a heart to be generous. To be generous is to be Christian. To be selfish is to be non-Christian. I'm not saying that a person who's selfish is not a Christian. I'm saying it is non-Christian to not give. Meaning at that moment, in that activity, in that particular area of my life, I'm not functioning like a Christian because Christians are generous. Now today I'm going to give you three simple reasons why generosity is important. Again, next week you're going to hear a message. In fact, I was so excited about this message that Hector's preaching next week, I almost made him preach it today because I was just so amped up. He's told me about it. I can't wait for you to hear it. You want to be back next Sunday as we have our missions breakfast at 9.30, everybody together. We're going to talk about some of our mission strategies, missions goals, and how you can participate in it financially this year. And I'll share some of that with you today. But uh, as it were, I'm going to lay down a bunt right now, okay? I'm going to lay down a bunt. I'm going to get on base. And Pastor Hector is going to hit a home run next week and drive us both in, okay? And so I just want to share with you three simple reasons why generosity is so Christian. Number one, generosity reflects the life of Jesus. And those of us that are Christians are called to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. There may be nothing that more clearly shows and demonstrates that I know Christ than when I am willing to sacrifice, particularly financially, so that other people may know about Jesus Christ. It reflects Jesus. I mean, where would you be without a gift? Where would you be without a sacrifice? Where would you be without what Paul says here is an indescribable gift? A gift that words have never adequately covered. Are y'all following me? A gift that words have never appropriately been able to articulate. A gift that no song, even as awesome as some of the songs we sing here, a, a gift that no song has ever been able to capture fully. indescribable, unexplainable, undeniable, unfathomable. Anybody listen to me today? I'm talking about the most amazing, overwhelming, radical, crazy, scandalous, wild gift ever given was the Lord Jesus Christ. And you are here today as a recipient of that gift. And every time God urges me and compels me to give toward church, toward missions, toward the Great Commission in any way, it is a reflection of Jesus. Number two, generosity changes our lives. Generosity changes our lives. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, listen to this, the generous man will prosper. The generous man will prosper. Prosper. 
The promise is, those who give shall be given to them. Meet down, pressed together, and shaken, and running over shall men give to your bosom. And we've been seeing this in large measure at the church even. I believe that this year, with some serious intentionality, as a church, we voted and decided that we were going to move forward into 2023 not building a large staff, which we could, which the fact is we probably need. And we chose to take resources and plant a Spanish church and a Take another church in Mayport. I'm going to tell you, God has been doing some things over the last few weeks that would just blow your mind away. The amount of giving, the amount of things just happening that are taking place is to me demonstrating that a generous church will prosper. A generous church will prosper. And look, there's all kinds of places you can go. And and look, I, I understand That churches can be filled with programs and churches can be filled with stuff and churches can be filled with lots of different events and things. But folks, I believe that a church should be about taking the gospel to its community and around the world and the money of the church should back up the mission of the church. And so we look at that and we see that a church has decided, yes, there could be a team and yes, there could be some other things going on. But what needs to happen more than anything is this church needs to reach the Hispanic people of this community. We can't do it without a Spanish speaker. So we got to be willing to bring one in and make it happen for the, for the cause of Christ. And I believe God's doing that. And you've seen this in your life, no doubt. I'm looking at some folks in this room that I know have been giving to church for years and years and years and years. Men that have been with me since I've come here. Men that have come with us in the time being. Men, that, uh, men and women that have for years tithed, given 10% of their income to their local church. And above that, given more to missions, which I'm going to challenge you with today. And I guarantee you that if I pass the microphone to them, and I said, do you have any regrets? Has there been any lack? Has God not supplied any need that you've ever had? For all these 40, 50, I'm seeing people shake their head, Brother Jerry, 50, 60 plus years, come on, of knowing Jesus, has not he demonstrated to you over and over again that my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You want to prosper? Give. You want to be blessed? Give. You want to see God supply? Give. You want to grow in your faith? Give. You want God to transform your life? Give. You want God to use you? Give. Give. Give, and it shall be given to you. Your life gets changed. I told the new members class today, I'm not asking you to give because we need your money. We don't need your money. I mean, sort of we do, but you know what I mean? Like, we're not desperate. You'll never hear me going to any individual member. I've never done it. Going to any individual member and whining and complaining about money. Here's what I believe. I believe that when every person is doing their part, every need will be taken care of. I'm not asking you to give because we need your money. We don't. You can check the accounts if you want to. We don't. I'm asking you to give for you. For you. Because your life will be transformed when you take the step to give. And some of you are living, listen, on less than God's best because you don't give. That's not us suffering, that's you suffering. I know God's going to take care of his church. I know that. I've been, look, we've been around here where there was nothing, no money, no resources, nothing to do. Totally living by faith. I've seen God come in when he needed to come in and take, and I've seen it in my own life multiple times. But I've seen people struggle and agonize 
and want, want counseling and financial help. Let me tell you something, friend. The first thing I'm going to ask you is, do you give? If the answer is no, I'm going to say, that's your first step. You say, wait a second, I'm having financial problems, and you're going to tell me to give more. Yes. Yes. Because if you're not giving, God's not blessing what you're doing. Period. Dr. Don Sisk, famous missionary, said to me one time, he said, Brian, I give my way out of recessions. A recession will not harm the man that gives. God will take care of you. So number one, generosity reflects the life of Jesus. Number two, generosity changes our lives. Number three, generosity helps us invest in what really matters. Now those of you that are investing in retirement, those of you who are in retirement, you're always looking at what your investments are yielding to you, right? And you're looking and you're trying to invest in, in, uh, in funds and we could get into all that. I'm not going to do that. But, but you, whatever you do, you know you want something that yields high and yields long. If you want to invest properly, that's what you do. Something that invests high and long. You put your money where you know it is going to get returns. Now you can roll the dice and you can gamble and you can get wealthy faster. I understand that. But anybody would tell you that if you're investing long term, it's a high yield over a long stretch of time. So find something that's produced a good deal of return and it's done so consistently over the long haul. Friend, I'm here to tell you, I am not aware of a higher yield investment than investing your life in eternity. Because if you want your resources to last and you want your resources to count for something, then do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But rather, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, heaven where neither moths nor rust can corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal. Put your money where nobody can touch it. Put your money where you know it's going to yield an incredible eternal investment. Now... Everybody has on your seat one of those cards. Will you look at that card? I want to explain what we're doing here. Please listen very carefully. Number one, I'm not even talking about tithing right now. If you don't tithe, start. I mean, come on. The tithing is training will Christianity. Tithing is what you do when you're first starting to figure it all out, and it's the easiest thing to do. And, and by the way, you say, I don't see tithing in the New Testament First of all, you're not looking very hard. But secondly, I will tell you this. If someone was willing to tithe under the law, maybe tithing under grace would be a little easier to process. Let me assure you this. We're not in the new covenant to give less. Y'all didn't like that very well, I could tell. That's okay, I'm still going fishing this afternoon. It don't matter what you do. Do you really think that's the way God would want us to operate? Less under grace? I don't think so. Jesus said, when you tithe, assumed. Assume that you tithe. I'm not even talking about tithing right now. If you're not tithing, that's base one, first base. I'm talking about giving to and above your tithe to the Great Commission, okay? We call it missions giving here. Now, this year, our church committed to... to, to receive about $56,000 
in, 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 in missions giving. So how our church has operated historically. So some of you are from Southern Baptist churches, some of you are from Independent Baptist churches, and there's all kinds of different ways to do missions. If you are from a Southern Baptist church, a lot of times, and this is just the way it is, the church just breaks a percentage of its giving off, and that's kind of how it works. You give one check and it just it functions like, a lot of times it's 10%, and that, that's great. So in other words, the church brings a million dollars in a year, they give $100,000 to missions, and, and that's, that's certainly fine. We're going there, but that's not where our church has been. Our church has taken up commitments every year, leading us to what some have called faith promise or some have called grace giving, above and beyond our tithing. So if I give $100 a week tithing, let's say, then I would maybe turn around and do $20 a week for missions or something like that. There's no number, there's no magic, it's just a commitment that I make before God extra, okay? Eventually, we're not going to need to do this because we're going to be giving 50% of every dollar that comes into the church. Right now, it's 28%. Isn't that a blessing? Right now, 28% of every penny you give to this church goes directly to church planning and international missions. Every single dollar. And I love that, don't you? That's exciting. We're going to 50%. But in order to get us there to structure it the right way, we need at least one more year of commitments from our church. Now, let me explain where we are right now. In January of 2023, we brought in um, $3,900, okay? The goal of 2023 would be $4,700, making $56,400, okay? You see the gap there? The gap is about $800. Now, through 2022, we did great. In 2022, we actually brought in $59,743 for missions. So I set a goal that is lower than that. Maybe I don't have much faith, okay? And I was telling Sarah when I saw these numbers today, I was like, man, where's my faith? What is going on with me? So here's what I'm thinking. Let's do a whole lot more than that, okay? We can do that. So meaning right now, currently, the people of this church give $3,900 per month right now. We need it to be forty-seven. dollars that's 800 more dollars. So there's two kinds of people out there. One, you already give to missions. Awesome. Let's keep giving to missions and let's give more to missions. Then number two, there's a number of you who have just started coming to the church and you've never even been approached about this before. And so you're not giving to missions. No criticism. It's just a reality. It's just, it's just where you are. So here's my challenge. Next Sunday, we're going to hear a me message on sacrificing and giving from Pastor Hector. And we're going to take up these commitments next week. Now, if you're already giving, just put whatever you give to missions on there. And if you want to increase it, put it on there. So you see, it says per month and per, per annual. Now, folks, listen, if you have trouble adding, don't worry about it, okay? We'll figure it out. Basically, you put, notice there's no place to put your name. There's no place to put your phone number. We're not, I'm not going to, like, be, hunt, you know, hunting you down looking for you. This is between you and God. What does God want you to do this year for the Great Commission? So next week after the sermon, we're going to turn these cards in. If you already know, well, you can go ahead and fill it out. That's no problem. Go ahead and fill it out today. Drop it in the offering plate in the back there so that we know. And next week, we're going to add up our totals. Now, this $56,000 will allow us to do everything we've already planned to do this year. But friends, I want to tell you, I want to do more this year. Somebody help me. Don't lose me now. I want to do more this year because I believe the more that we do, the more God's going to bless us. I'm bringing in a church planner this week, did it totally by faith. He's in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. 
Him and his wife both work full-time jobs. They have four children, and their middle child is special needs, nonverbal autistic. They are a blessing. You are going to get your socks blessed off when you meet them. And you know what? They've had some support drop. They don't even have a home church right now. You know what I feel like? I feel like we just need to love on them. They need a down payment for a house because the house they're staying in, um, uh, it was a rental house, and the man decided to sell his house. Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I'm talking about very wealthy, very prosperous, and they're there preaching the gospel. People are being saved. People are being baptized and added to the church. And you know what? I think we and the churches that come to this conference this week should love on them a little bit more. But we're going to have to dig deep. We have to dig deep. I think we should take them on for monthly support. I think we should get in their corner. I think if the man didn't have to work a secular job so he could go at it full time, I like that too. So I don't know what God's going to do, but I know this, we want to do something. And so there's going to be some things like that that we're going to get to do if we go above that number. And I cannot wait, but that's one of them. And I want you to come and meet him. And if you don't come to any other service, come Friday night because he's going to be here Friday night. But folks, listen, if we can just meet this goal, that means everything, everything's on track. And so you, next week, you'll decide, what am I going to give per month or what am I going to give per year? And then just turn the card in and I'll be able to announce to you what we decided to do and share with you some of the extra things we'll be able to do when we go over that number that is our goal. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. If you're here for baptism, you can slip out. Asante will meet you in the back. If you're here for baptism, go ahead and meet him. Be great. going to be brief today, and then I'll take some extra time. There's a lot still to do today, but if you're here today, would you just take a moment, if you've listened to this message, would you just take a moment, and would you just pray over that card? Would you do that? That will be our closing today. Would you take that card and look at it and just say, God, what would you have me to do? That's a simple question. God, what would you have me to do? If you're already doing something for missions, God, do you want me to keep doing it? Do you want me to do more? If you're not giving anything to missions this year yet, maybe you're new, Maybe you're a guest or maybe you've been here for a while, you've just never participated. Just pray about it. And I know God's going to meet the need, absolutely. No question about it. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. God, we need you today desperately. Lord, we're giving you the glory for all that you've done. What an amazing work you're doing here. Thank you for five precious people that gave their lives to Christ this week in our ministry. Today, thank you for this one that's come to profess that faith in baptism. God, we are giving you the glory for those that have been saved at Mayport, things that are happening there. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Hector and what you're going to do through him. God, we pray that you will bless every effort of this church because we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. For these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.